Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. It is Thursday, and Sarge and I are back to go through another baby slate. We're just rotating through monster slate and baby slate. Um, wish we could get a little bit more balance, but it is what it is. Um, Sarge, good morning. I, I So, guys, I, I came on Zoom, and Sarge is furious about fantasy football at, at 9 a.m. in the morning. Other than that, you're doing okay, bud. That league, I've probably <laughs> been the most unlucky league I've ever been in in my entire life. I spent 100% of my fab on Paul Walker because I have Sam oh, Darnold. That, I thought you meant Taylor Heineke from earlier. That makes more sense. I spent all 100% of my fab that I had left on Paul Walker, and bam, Cam Newton gets signed in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for nothing. That's tough. That's tough. But – at least basketball is here, bro. I, I, you don't have to worry about football anymore. Neither. Well, great. We, we can talk about basketball, too. My best player breaks his ankle yesterday. Jimmy Butler will be fine. We will be fine. Let's, let's do some recapping yesterday because I think, you know, for a 13-game slate, we didn't – I only had three plays. I think you ended up, you know, I never know what's official, official for you and what you really like, but – um. I think we did a really good job overall. A lot of our leans hit too. So, uh, Wizards, that was that was so tough. If you had Cavs plus three, you were crying. Cavs were winning really all the way down, and that's why number matters. Um, Cavs were plus four heading into the night, closed at plus three. Um, if you had three and a half and four, you cashed. If you had three, you pushed. Uh, Nets took care of business. We got the bad version of the Magic. Celtics with a bounce back win. Pistons and you and I both thought are a little bit better than the Rockets. They got the win. Uh, we both like the Bucks. They got the outright win. We both thought the Thunder had shown a little bit more than the Pelicans. They got an outright win. Cash Bulls uh, minus three and a half outright. We talked about it. We we didn't necessarily lean Hornets, but we talked about how hey, a game is a, a game is coming where they break out of this, and it was last night. So glad we I stayed away. Uh, t- I didn't watch any of it, so I- I'd love to get your thoughts. But uh, tough L for the Kings. Looked like the Spurs just made every single shot. Put up 136. Um, Pacers, tough L. I, uh, when the Karis news came out, I obviously wanted to buy out and get the better number. I still would have found myself on him. Um, but it, it, even either way, it was at minus two, and, and the Nuggets ground out. Will Barton made everything ground out a tough win. Suns covered. Uh, Warriors covered against the T-Wolves despite Ant going absolutely crazy and the Lakers getting overtime. Uh, tough win against the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler leaves, uh, obviously, pretty early in. Um, big slate yesterday, bro. Any, any major thoughts that you had? Any major takeaways? What, what were some of the games you were locked into? Yeah, I was trying to watch so many games. It's so hard, but I turned on the uh, I turned on the Houston uh, Detroit game. I watched that entire game, and then on my computer, I was flipping around between the Brooklyn game, the Washington Cleveland game, when it started getting close. And then I watched a lot of the uh, Boston Toronto game and Dallas and Chicago game. I was just flipping between all of those, um, and then I had my men's league game, so I didn't get to watch uh, really any of the late ones. Gotcha. Um, How'd you do? Oh, actually, I know you did well, but did you get a win? Yeah, we finally won a game. We were we lost the last two. We finally took a W last night. Wow, bouncing back like your Celtics, like your Lakers. Yep. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said something. 
Um, but this is like this is a slate where there's so much going on. It's so hard to follow. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. wanted to be locked. Oh, this game's close. So I flew on another game and I was just, oh, this game's close. Oh, the Cleveland games, you know, Kyle just hit a big shot. I got to go to this yeah. game. So I was like, I was locked into so many games that I like missed certain like yeah. stretches it's of every game. There's too many. You could be yeah. a professional NBA watcher and it's still, you can't watch all 13. That's why I wish instead of 13 and three today, give me like eight. Give me eight yesterday and eight today over this, but it's all good. Um, and I feel you. It's it's hard to like because you can watch too, but not like there's a difference between actively watching and just having it on. You know, it's it's really hard when there's that many games on. But um, I'm with you. I I, I watched. I had practice. I, I watched a lot of the first half of the Pistons Rockets. Um, some of the Wizards Cavs, and then when I got home, I was locked in on the Warriors Timberwolves. I will say again, I'm a Warriors fan, but I, I get similar vibes this Warriors team from uh, the Jazz team last year. Just in terms of last year, I don't know if you remember, we did, obviously didn't do a show together, but I know we were still on Twitter and stuff, and I was just on the Jazz almost every game because it was just like the books are never gonna make it <clears throat> what it should be because there's just a lot of respect, but. I really could see the Warriors just covering, honestly, 70% of the time this year. I, I think they're just in that type of groove. Like, Anthony Edwards literally was as hot as he'll ever be. And just in terms of the shots, like, the Warriors just get consistent good shots. And, and sometimes they'll miss, but, you know, over the course of 48 minutes, that generally bears out in a win. So. And uh, Steph apparently didn't even play, like, great. He was just like a – a fiddle i mean that for steph yeah like steph wasn't like steph steph but he still had 25 six and five yeah on, i mean he took 16 shots on, steph on that team 16. usually gonna take 20 plus yeah yeah eight of 16 25 five and six it was like a whatever but and, and pool was five of 17 but wiggins man oh my god best game i think he'll ever play in his career no joke like just made every shot was so aggressive two posters uh, I know you saw the putback poster, but he had one on cap before that was that was just no idea how he made it. He took off. It felt like, like halfway between the three point line and the basket and still went over cat and dunked it. Um, so that was big. But they just give me vibes of. And again, we don't even have Clay and Wiseman back. And, you know, I'm not still not sure how much Wiseman is going to help right now. But still, I, I just I, I can't wait for Friday against the Bulls. Uh, Dre might be hurt. And that almost fucked it up, too, because the defense was a lot worse once Dre went out. But um, I can't wait for that Bulls game on Friday. Lakers just took another hit. I just got a Fantasy Labs notification. Austin Reeves is going to miss two weeks. <laughs> Sad that that Dude. actually kind of impacts you guys. I know, and we have <laughs> players right now. I don't – it's so frustrating. Hey, it's going to be Malik Monk. <clears throat> Which – one's none supposed to be back. I don't know. I keep think I keep seeing he's close, he's close, he's close, and then he's not returning. He's in street clothes in every game. I just you could feel the frustration just dripping off your voice, bro. You guys got two straight against the Heat and the Hornets. You know, if Jimmy Butler was hurt. If Jimmy Butler plays in that game, there's no chance we win. Sure. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, end of the day, though, you guys are fighting. I, I get it's just 
it's just going to be tough for Sarge. He's just going back and forth because he is a Lakers man at heart. He really is. But he doesn't really like the style of basketball that is being played right now. Um, but you guys are going to grind it out. Bron will get back, and, and things will hopefully look up from there. Um, all right, anyway, so two, two in one day for me um, brings us to 18 and 18 on the year. Basically just down all the juice from all the plays, um, so a little over a unit. Um, and we're back today. I, I don't know that we'll have a play, but I actually have, for all three of these games, I do have a way I'm leaning. Um, and we'll just see how the day, how it progresses throughout the day to see if I end up playing it. We'll go to the first game of the day. We've got the Toronto Raptors heading into Philly. Uh, Toronto grabbing uh, three and a half. Um, when I went to bed, it wasn't up on my book, but I was seeing the consensus around was two and a half and it's moved to three and a half. So what I think that implies is that Seth Curry and Tobias are progressing towards playing. Pascal probably doesn't play today. Um, both these teams coming off losses. Uh, Pascal's, Pascal's already ruled out, by the way. Okay, perfect. Then he's ruled out already. Yeah, I, I didn't think there was a very good chance he was going to play, but it, even better that we know for sure he's out. Um, Toronto um, had been, like, playing well, right? I, I remember I had DC. I had the Wizards minus three at home against Toronto, and they won that game outright. And then since, they had a tough loss against Cleveland, a tough loss at home against Brooklyn, and then last night got blown out by Boston in Boston. Philly, similar, similarly was on a roll, had reeled off four or five straight, and then had a tough loss um, at home against New York, and now a tough loss against Milwaukee. Both of those without Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, the second of which was without Seth Curry. Um, very interesting line here because, again, I think Toronto has shown us they're a decent basketball team. Can't get caught up in a three-game losing streak. Um, and it's a really the same thing with Philly here. I think at two and a half, I lean Philly, but again, we didn't know with Tobias um, and Seth, so I didn't want to hit it. Now at three and a half, I feel like some of the values taken out. I do still lean the Sixers here. I know that the Raptors have won three straight. I know that, or sorry, lost three straight. Um, but Philly's just been uh, typically a really, really good home team. You've seen them already. They beat the the Blazers this year without Joel and Tobias. Tobias should be back. I think they bounce back and, and get a win here today. It is going to be a hungry Raptors team, though, so I'm not – I don't feel super, super confident, but I, I like Philly here minus three and a half. So what is – does Tobias just have to pass a COVID test and then he's in? Is that what it is? Uh, I believe so. I don't, I don't have, like, the exact this is what happens details, but I believe – from, from my understanding, the protocol is two co consecutive COVID tests within 24 hours. So I'm sure he's gotten one. Yeah, I'm sure he passed the one, and now he just needs to pass the second one, which I'm sure he is. So if Tobias Harris plays and then you get Seth Curry, this line I think is super short. Um, but just right now, I, I would assume Tobias Harris is going to play then, um, and I still think it's a bit short. I would make it five. I don't know. I probably – what would you make it? Five. Yeah, I was going to say four and a half. So I, I think we're right on here. And if, if Seth plays as well, man, yeah, I, I just think this line is a bit short. I mean, Toronto's struggling with their rotations a bit right now, especially at the center position with Precious, Ken Birch, all those guys. It's just not working out with them. That's why they're they're playing basketball a lot in five. And um, Cam's not even going to – probably not going to play today. I have a question, though. You, you watched that game yesterday, right? I watched a tad bit of it. Okay. It was, you saw – I probably would watched 18 total minutes of 48. Yeah, okay. But more than I did. Would you say that was 
in the it's tough. I mean, 18 is not even half the ball game, but still, would you say the Raptors were just missing shots? Was would you say that's a deserved blowout? Um, were the Celtics getting better? Were the Celtics getting good looks? Like, Honestly, neither team was playing great. Like Jason Tatum was taking a ton of shots and he wasn't making them. He was Jason Tatum was like seven for 24, seven for 23 at one point. And I was like, this is just, this is bad basketball. Like, what is going on? Just isolation basketball back and forth. Um, but it, it's just, there's a lot of, it's it's tough because Scotty Barnes has been amazing, but it's interesting in terms of his floor spacing and OG on the on the perimeter. He's, he's been playing a lot of isolation ball as well. Same with Fred Van Fleet. And then Gary Trent Jr. also loves to play iso ball. And he's just not a great isolation player. Like their, their system just isn't working for the for the skill set that they have, if that makes sense. Like um I don't know. They they got some good looks, it just they weren't knocking them down. I, I this is a situation too where I see Toronto coming out and playing their asses off. And, and if they snuck one out, I wouldn't be too surprised. Philly's just been playing so well. And like last game, last game is a huge one because you have no Seth Curry, you have no Tobias. Furcon plays like shit. And it's just Niang, Tyrese Maxey, Andre Drummond, Paul Reed. And those guys are hanging with one of the best teams in the league, even though they're short Brooke Lopez. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, this is, this line just has to be short. Okay, it yeah, it feels like you went back and forth because you 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 like Toronto to fight their asses off, but what it sounds like is overall you think the talent of the Sixers wears on on the Raptors throughout the. Course. I like them to fight their asses off, but I don't think they're that great of a basketball team, and, and I do think Philly is good even without those pieces. And then if you give them Tobias and Seth Curry back, I still think there's a learning per- curve working those guys back in, but they're going to be a better team with with Tobias Harris starting over Paul Reed. I'm with you. I think we're on the same page. I, I think Philly's a, a decent bit, not not cr- nothing crazy. Nice mug, by the way, but I think they're a decent bit better <laughs> than than this Raptors team. Uh, it's still a young Raptors team, right? Pascal's not playing today. Ken Birch is out. It's a back to back. Philly's hungry at the crib. Hopefully, getting you know probably their second and third best player back today. So I'm with you. I think it's a it's a good spot that lines up. Uh, really well for Philly. Um, again, I, I agree. I think I, I don't think you there's a letdown spot for Toronto. I don't think they're gonna come in sleepwalking. Um, but I think Philly should get this. And, and I've been very, very impressed. Like you said, I watched a lot of Philly games even without Joel. Um, and they've been competitive. You know, like you go look at their last two games. They yes, they lost to the Bucks and Knicks. Very, very competitive games. So um, if Tobias and Seth are back, I, I do think there's a decent chance I lock minus three and a half. You just got to be quick on the trigger. Um, let's get to the next game. We got the Indiana Pacers fresh off a of back-to-back uh, in Utah. Not a super long travel. Um, I had assumed Karis LeVert is back today. I don't know what's going on with Malcolm Brogdon. I, I really don't. He's played and then he's not played. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits today. So be careful there. Um, but if if everyone is in and ready to go, I do like the Pacers uh, plus 10. Again, don't know if I'll play it because this is such a scary Utah Jazz team. Um, but I, I still think this Pacers team is turning a corner. I, I, I love the talent difference between them and Denver, but you knew Denver was going to fight, right? I just thought over 48 minutes the Pacers would be better. And, and ultimately, Will Barton was just – he was the best scorer on the court. court and, and he some – Huge, huge shots for them. I think the Pacers fight today. I think 
I don't think it's necessarily a seven-point difference between these two teams. I do think the Jazz are better, and we've seen it time and time again. They go on runs and, and push games just out of reach. Um, but I think you see a similar game to what you saw with Atlanta, um, where Atlanta was fighting. They were losing. They were fighting, and it was within that eight to you know twelve-point range, looking like for a lot of that game. And, and I think I'll, I'd rather take ten here with the Pacers here today. Um, then have to, to win by double digits plus uh, with the Jazz here today. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I was thinking I would make this probably six and a half on a neutral court. And so yeah. then if you give the Jazz three, sometimes, you know, this is like the best home court in the league, uh, arguably. So maybe you want to get them. I think the line is pretty close to being spot on. It's just funny because Indiana has so much talent and you look at their roster and even some of their guys they got coming off the bench, like they got good guys coming off the bench and Jeremy Lamb and TJ McConnell um, and some of these guys, and they're just not good. It doesn't make any sense. I just – like you look at their talent and then, oh, they're 10-point dogs. I do think yeah, they're, they're coming around. They've got to figure it out at some point. This is a team that – they should be a 500 team with the talent that they have. I, I, I think they should – there's no reason for them to be this much worse than they were last year when they have essentially the same pieces. So I know it's a new coach. I think it's just a bit of a learning curve here at the start of the year with a new system, um, just a lot of guys in and out of the lineup in Brogdon, uh, in Levert, <clears throat> even in guys like Jeremy Lamb has been out and missed games. Some of these other guys have been missing games. So it's just they need to get healthy and – if Car- I, I would assume Karis Levert plays. I think they rested him on the front half of a back-to-back. I think Brogdon plays as well just because he was sick. That was the reason he was missing games, um, and he's not on the injury report from what I can see, so I would expect him to end. So I think you see, a, a, outside of TJ Warren, a full Indiana Pacers team ready to go here. So I would agree. I think I lean Pacers, but if they get blown out here, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not either, but I actually lean them, I lean them pretty decent. Like it's there's different variations of leans. This is a decently heavy lean here. I, I really think awful loss. And again, there's the record is still four and seven, four and eight, whatever it is, but they've been clearly better um from early on in the season when they were, took L's in Washington and, and against Toronto. Um I, I think I've seen them clearly get better. Uh Miles Turner's playing better, they're playing more as a unit and you're right Malcolm Brogdon should play today I, I thought it was still injury related if he was sick then yeah he should be good to go I think Karras back is a huge uh huge boost and off a loss I think they're going to keep this relatively close in Utah today and I think they match and matchups really don't matter too much but I think they match up really really well with this Jazz team because you got good perimeter defenders in Brogdon. Chris Duarte is a rookie, but he's a decent enough defender that you can throw at Donovan Mitchell. And then Miles Turner is going to spread Rudy Gobert out of the paint. You have to respect Miles Turner right now from three. The dude is knocking him down. So Gobert is going to have almost 45% from threes. Again, he's going to have to be out there defending him on the perimeter, which helps a ton in terms of rim protection. He can't just sit under the rim and block shots. So that's such a good point. I do really like this matchup for Indy. Um, and, yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I think 10 is just too many points. I know the Jazz are at home and they kill people at home, but um, th- this Indiana team is, is a lot better than uh, than what this line says. For sure. Uh, and I thought that – I think that's a really good point, Sarge. One that I, I didn't think of either is, you know, you take last game with Atlanta, Rudy Gobert's guarding Clint Capella. He doesn't have to leave the paint, right? He's, he's always there. And, and – 
this matchup presents a really interesting question of do I do I stay in the paint and leave miles wide open or and, and I'm there to erase shots at the rim or am I spread out with him at the three and I'm trying to recover back to the paint and I think it's the option two right because you can't leave miles Turner open right now the dude's almost hitting at, at 50 percent um I think it's a great matchup they're coming off a loss Rick Carlisle's fighting for his life. You know, he wants to make a good impression back here in Indy. I'm going to go ahead and, and lock the Pacers plus 10. And they're fully healthy. Now. They finally have their five starters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Perfect. Let's get to the last game of the day. And I'm, I'm kicking myself a little bit um, because I, I woke up. We had practice at 6 a.m. today. Um, and I'm, I'm taking a look at the slate a little bit before I pull up. And I see Clippers minus three. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to play today. It's a back-to-back minus three. I like that. I do. Let me just go through practice, and then I'll hit it after, and we'll go from there. I get out of practice. It's four. Me and Sarge pull up to do the pod. Now it's five. And so it's like, all right, value is is definitely gone. Um, I think five's a fair number. I think at five almost you kind of – I'm not gonna hit I'm not gonna hit the heat, but I think about it uh, honestly. Um, I think that without Jimmy Butler, I, I think the Clippers are slightly better, maybe a point and a half, um, maybe two, um, especially factoring a back to back. But now I, I think this line's pretty spot on. I, I know Jimmy Butler's huge, but it's a Heat team that is really well coached by by Spo and and still competes and, and plays hard and. Um, Back-to-back in L.A., I, I see both sides, but I think five is a fair line here without Jimmy Butler. Who, you still got, yeah, you still got Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and P.J. Tucker. You have a lot of really, really good players still on this Miami Heat team that um, if this line keeps moving, man, I'm going to hit – I would definitely want to hit the Heat. Like, I think I would set the line I, – I would set – I would say that on a neutral court without Jimmy Butler, there's still only – the Clippers maybe a point, point and a half better. That could be a little short, but that's where I'm at right now. Um, so if this thing, it, it, it's at five right now. You see, I'm seeing four and a half on DraftKings. Um, if this thing were to get to like five, five and, five and a half, six in your case, that's an easy hit for me. Um, but it's a strong lean up five for me um, for the Heat. I, I just think it's, a, it's like a full point, maybe too much uh, in the Clippers direction. And we have to remember this Clippers team, they've been good. They're on a bit of a winning streak, but they've struggled in a lot of games and they're very reliant on efficient shooting. Like Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, you got two guys that are so up and down and, and Miami is a well-oiled machine. They're very consistent. I know they're missing Jimmy Butler, but um, and that does matter, but I still think Miami um, is going to hang into this, hang in this game. And I, I honestly... I don't know it's what an outright we, win, right? Like that's I, what I'm gonna say. I, I Miami money line. I don't know what the value is on that. I don't know what the, the lines at on that, but I got 170. I really like that as well, man. I just I think Miami's gonna be heated. They lost last night in a tough, tough spot. Malik Monk goes 900 on ridiculous shots. They shouldn't have lost that game. Um, even with Jimmy Butler, I just think this. You got PJ Tucker in there coming in to fire this team up. Kyle Lowry, they just have vets. They're going to be ready and show up for this game. I, I know that. On his heat. And, and I agree. I agree. You're coming off now two straight losses. You're without your leader. Everyone kind of steps up. Um, yeah, if this creeps up into the five and a half, six range, I will for sure be on it. 
five, I think I still lay off. Um, but I, you make very, very good points. This is not a rollover game in any way for, for the Clippers today. Um, and the Clippers are playing good basketball. They've reeled off five straight. Um, you know, definitely playing their best basketball of the year. But the, it's still a Clippers team that has their issues. They're not a perfect team. Um, and they've been playing a lot better late of late. But, again, you're buying low, selling high, and we're getting a heat off of two straight losses without their best player. Um, it's a next-man-up mentality for sure in, in Miami. And so – I get all your points. And to go to play a little devil's advocate on myself, though, the Clippers do have a very, very deep bench. They have a great bench. One of my favorite benches in the league with Kennard, Terrence Mann, um, some of these other guys coming off the bench. They do have a nice bench. The Heat, without Jimmy Butler, are thin now. They're very thin. Their bench is going to be Spicy Gabe um, and a couple other guys. It's going to Maybe they bring Tyler here off the bench and start Spicy Gabe, um, but – they do have a thin bench. There's no Morris again, I'm assuming, here tonight. So no Max Struess, too. So it's just going to be a weird bench unit for them. It's going to be Deadman. Um, honestly, I don't even really know who else at this point. Say, who are you going like, to say, bro? I have no idea. I have no idea who they're playing. So if this game does get out of hand, I think it's with the bench unit. And, and you see the Clippers come in and their bench unit kind of run um, the heat uh, – into like a seven, 10 point lead for the Clippers, but it's Eric Spolster, man. This guy knows how to run his rotations. Like Eric Spolster last night was running incredible plays. I, I don't know if you noticed that he had two plays for Tyler hero that, that were insane. It was like the, you remember when the warriors with Mark Jackson used to run those gate plays where they'd run Steph through the gate and they'd close the gate and Steph would have a wide open three. Mm-hmm. He was running that with Tyler hero on out of bounds plays. That one at the end of the game was just an insane, insane play. Like, I don't know. I, you know I love Spolstra. Really like, just great play. looks. The, the guy's such a good coach. And I don't know. I, I just – I think I wanted to play a little bit of devil's, devil's advocate, and I think where it does come into play is the Clippers bench being so much better than the Heat. But I do but think then you started. Heat, uh, yeah, I was going to say. You played devil's advocate, and then it came back to – I do think the Heat win this game outright. I, I, like, the, I like the Heat to win this game outright, though, yep. even without Jimmy. And I don't hate that call at all. All right, let's get to some DFS. Yesterday, uh, I played three lineups. Um, two of them just missed the money. Uh, one of them cashed pretty high up. And so I actually made money, even though only one of my three hit. My best lineup, uh, let me go through it. It was at 308. Winner was at 365, but still finished 690th out of uh, like 30, 40K people. I'm trying to pull it up. It won't let me click on it. Jeez, you you hit a lineup with 306. You smashed me, and I made 10 lineups. Yeah, I, I did, but this is – all right, you ready for it? Yep. Uh, Rubio, everyone – I was hoping we could get him at less ownership, but whatever. Uh, Giddy had 36 at 3% ownage. Uh, Willie the Thrill had 48 at 41%. Fucking Tice only had 18 at 7%. J-Val, 52 at 16%. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, 47 at 8%. Jamichael at 38%. Kind of busted. And then great call by you. I was on the Sarge call. Darren Fox at 3%. Dropped 55. So uh, pretty good. I I had another lineup. Again, my other two just missed. But I had another lineup that had... um, Big, big Nikhil Alexander-Walker go for 61 at 2%, uh, but Cole Anthony and KD and Mitch Robinson 
definitely didn't get there. How how'd you do last night? The Keelogsner Walker is the ultimate GPP play, like the ultimate GPP. Yeah. The guy's going to either shoot one for 90 or he's going to shoot like he did last night and go berserk. Yeah. Um, I had my, my top lineup finished at 290, I believe. Uh, I had not enough Rubio. I played this slate where I had one Rubio lineup and um, kind of f- just faded it because I thought there was ways that he w- couldn't get there. Um, I know at 5,200, the price was great, but I just thought the ownership would get really crazy. And at 50%, I was like, on a 13-game slate, there are a lot of other dudes at 5,200-ish area where I don't think I need Ricky Rubio, but, you know, he he did have 36 fantasy points. It's really nice at 5,200, and I think it crushed me a little bit. I also had a, a good amount of P.J. Dozier, and the guy's just not playing that many minutes for some reason. I, I don't understand it. He was 3% owned, too, which I love. And he's really good. Like, he's a really good real-life basketball player. Like, and fantasy producer. Like, he gets rebounds, assists. He does steals. He, he's like a perfect DraftKings player. Um, it just – just not getting the not minutes at all. either. And, yeah, it doesn't get – yeah, I, I think it's – a lot of it is, you know, they, he, Malone's always going to go to Will, Will it be? He's always going to go to Will Barton. That takes up a spot. I think he still trusts Monty a little bit more than him. And so when those two are getting that many minutes and you have Fasundo too, it's just tough for him to get these consistent minutes. Um, yep. And but, what else? The last two things that killed me, I didn't have enough uh, Anthony Edwards and John Morant. Those two guys went bonkers and bonkers. I had none of them. Um, bonkers. I, I should have had some Ant. Uh, Ant always gets up for the Warriors. Killed us last year too. Any Kelly Oubre 15 xing no, bro. When I saw that, I was like, oh, of course. I, I don't know if I'll ever play Kelly Oubre this year. Like, honestly, I, I just. He had 37 real points. No, he couldn't uh, miss. And that's the thing. There'll be nights where he can't miss. But in general, he's just a slow processor. Doesn't take good shots. He's talented, but he, he does 16 he, minutes or 18 minutes the game before, too. It's just yeah. another great GPP play, to be honest. But All right. You want to do top end guys, the value guys, leverage guys? Let's do it. All right. You you always lead us off, bro. You're you're the DFS god. Enough of that. Okay, we got. I love some of these prices here today. By the way, because yesterday on that slate, for some reason, how the DK algorithm works is when there's a humongous slate like that, a lot of the studs for some reason go up in price, Uh, but. I mean, PG at the top at 10-2. It's too cheap for PG right now. In a game that I think is going to stay close um, and there's going to be no Jimmy Butler having to guard him, it's probably going to be PJ Tucker. I love, love, love Paul George at 10-2. I think he's going to be the highest score on the slate. I don't think it's really going to be close with no Joel Embiid in this game or in, in on this slate. So I love, love Paul George on a three-game slate. Depends on where the ownership gets. If it gets out of hand, then maybe I'll look elsewhere. But I love Paul George at 10-2 at the top. And then, man, you know who has been the most frustrating player this year is Sabonis, like, to roster in fantasy. Every time I roster him, he doesn't do anything. And then last game, he's way too expensive, up at 10-2, and he hits 51 fantasy points. Like, that's what I was hoping for when he was in the 9K range um, at the beginning of the year, and he just never could get over, like, the 45 fantasy point hump. He does it last game. Uh, I'm interested to going right back to him uh, here today. Like I said, the, the Jazz don't have anyone to guard him. It's going to be Royce O'Neal down there. He should eat. Um, Rudy Gobert shouldn't be under the rim a lot. So I do like Sabonis as well at 9-1. Um, 
And then Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo are much too cheap for no Jimmy Butler. Like those guys are 71 and 7,400. That is insane. Like with no Jimmy Butler, both those guys should be priced up over 8K. Um, and they both dropped off such a crazy slate yesterday. So those two guys, they're going to both be really chalky with no, with no Jimmy Butler. Um, but I do like getting to them because I mean, Kyle Lowry, people don't realize it with Kyle Lowry, but the guy is a, a absolute stat pattern, like tons of assists, tons of rebounds. He was going to score you points. He skits steals. Like the guy is a DFS God. Like the guy is so great in DFS. And now he's priced down at, at like, if he's 7,100, they're projecting him to score 35 fantasy points. Uh, with Jimmy Butler off the, off the court, I'll pull up the, I'll pull up the on off splits uh, with this heat team, but the guy should absolutely pop. Who are your some of favorite? Who are your some of, some of your favorite guys? I was gonna say uh, I agree with with really all of that, and uh, I mean you you basically touched on all my all my guys. Uh, I'll get to a couple that I still think you know are, <clears throat> are worth looks at the top. Um, I'll continue to go back to Drummond, um, dude, just completely eating. No one else really can play the five there. Um, they're, they're playing a Toronto team that has plenty of bigs. Um, Ken Birch not going to play, but Precious will be there. Um, Boucher will be there. Drummond's going to get uh, – He's the, the minutes are safe. So, um, you've seen it. Last two games without Joel Embiid, 51.75 and 52.5. I think he's a lock for at least 45 tonight. I have no issues paying up. Uh, paying up. At eight six, I, I think some people still might be scared at eight six. I'm personally not scared. Um, in terms of at the top ceiling, guys, that's about it. You know, like I, I don't mind Malcolm Brogdon and Fred VanVleet, um, or even guys like Turner, but but those are more GPP leverage guys. So we'll get to that in a little bit. You want to just go to uh, value now? Yeah, and, and just real quick with with Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic off the court for the the Heat since last year. Um, and the reason I take going off, he's a pretty high usage guy. And now he's obviously in Toronto, but Bam out of bio 1.37 fantasy points per minute from 1.2 when they're on. So huge, huge bump uh, for Bam out of bio. I think yep. he's going to be ultra chalky, but guy he looks be, but he's deserving of it. He's definitely deserving of it today. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's keep it moving with some value. I'll, I'll lead us off here today. Um, I'm sure he'll be chalky. Uh, but I like Precious at 4-2. And you never know because, you know, the, the number one shot guy will be Bam, who's also a center. So might get Precious's uh, ownership down. Um, but should play anywhere from 24 to 28 or maybe even 30 minutes because Pascal's out. You got Pascal out. You got Ken Birch out. It's really just him and Boucher at the five. Uh, big Andre Drummond down, down there. So they are uh, going to need him. Um, so give me some precious at four, two. I think he's a great value. Duncan Robinson at three, eight. Again, uh, Jimmy Butler is out. You saw him take a ton of shots. He played 45 minutes yesterday, scored 33 fantasy points. He's going to be three, eight. I'm sure he'll be chalk. Um, and shooting guards that are chalk can be sketch. I, I won't lie. So if he's getting up huge ownership, maybe not. Um, but if it's, if it's relatively in check at, in the twenties, like I don't hate going to Duncan at all. Um, and then I'll go two more value places. There's still plenty on the board that you can take. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein, um, again, another guy that I think gets overlooked, but he's playing decent minutes behind Zoo at the backup five. 
Um, think he could be cheeky on a night like this. And then I know we're talking value, but at 6-1, Tyler Hero is definitely still value today without um, Jimmy Butler. They're going to just take a million shots. Again, probably chalk. Probably all those guys going to be chalk. Um, but all project has great points per dollar plays for me today. Yeah, all, all will be chalk except probably Harton. You know, I assume. Yeah. Um, my favorite play is going to be Chris Boucher at 3-2. And he is an absolute only GPP play. You cannot play him in cash. But yep. the guy is a permanent monster. His minutes have been trash. Just seven minutes, eight minutes, seven minutes. Played 17 against Washington. But this is a guy that if you've played DFS for a while, you know Chris Boucher has just a, a massive, massive ceiling. And Nick Nurse hates him. There's, there's just no way around it. Nick Nurse hates Chris Boucher. He never lets him play basketball. And it sometimes it's very sad. But no, it, Chris Bou- it bothers you, and it kind of bothers me. We want to see him play. He's so yeah. fun. Oregon Duck. Slim Duck. He's 3-2. He's essentially the minimum. If he can even play 15 minutes, he can score you 25 fantasy points. And that sounds crazy, but Dude, the guy's a permanent 30. monster. And there's no Kim Birch, and there's no Pascal Siakam. So if Precious picks up foul trouble against Andre Drummond, I, I think Chris Boucher is going to, to play have Chris to play Boucher. more minutes. He has, he has to. to. He has to. It, or he'll play Svi and play Gary Trent Jr. at center. Yeah, man, damn near. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I, that's a great call. I should have brought that up. Chris Boucher. I, I honestly, I guess, yeah, you don't play him in cash, but, like, that's my favorite. That's my favorite value play. Three. Yeah, in terms of GPPs, the guy has a ridiculous upside. And if you put him in your lineup, it just lets you do whatever you want. You can go get Paul George and some bonus if you want. And and on top of that, he's not going to be owned. I really, I mean, maybe some sharp players, the sharper contest will get on him. I'm I'm not joking. I'll have 100% Boucher today. I don't care. I don't care. I will play 100%. I know it's risky, but the reward is so so worth the risk here. This is a, a very very worthwhile risk here. Um, any other um, value guys that you want to get to before we get to some some cheeky leverage plays? Let's see here. I, I was looking a little bit as well. You can always play Dwayne Dedman, and I think this is a fun slate to play Dwayne Dedman. And hear me out on this. He's 3,300, and he's probably not going to play any more than 8 to 14 minutes on average. But the thing is, if Jimmy – or excuse me, if Bam Adebayo gets in foul trouble, which he does sometimes, um, and you play this slate like that, and you get some Dwayne Dedman who picks up like 18 minutes and he scores you 22 fantasy points in those 18 minutes – at 3,300 unowned on this kind of small slate, it can be the difference. So I, I do like some sneaky Dwayne Dedman that no one will play. For um, sure. And then it, a lot of this Philly value is now going to be out of play because of uh, because of Tobias being back. So you don't want to play Furcon or Georges Niang or any of these guys. So the value gets really, really slim. But a guy that I've been on that I think is a little bit too cheap is Eric Bledsoe as well. Um, he's just playing the minutes right now, playing like 26 to 30 minutes a game, and uh, he'll get you a bit of everything, assists, rebounds, and steals, and he can score. So at 4,700, I still think uh, the price is nice. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and what, last game against uh, Portland, did he hit? Uh, yeah, he did. I, I had a good amount of him. He had 31 fantasy points at 4,300, which is really nice. Yeah, no, you'll, you'll 100% take that. Um Let's see. Let's get to some leverage that I like. I was going to see – I is where is Gary Trent Jr. from? This is a little random, but I thought what do you he mean? was from Philly. 
I have no idea where he's from. I know he went to Duke. I did. Okay, he's from Ohio. Or he's actually from he's from Minnesota. Never mind. All right. Um I let's see, some leverage guys. I like Gary Trent Jr. is still a good play, though. Uh, yeah, I still like Gary Trent Jr. as a as a leverage guy. He's a guy again with shooting guards, very high variance. It depends how they're shooting. Um, but he's getting a, a pretty decent amount of usage. Pascal's out, so you would think he gets a little bit more. The minutes have been super, super high. You've seen him this year already have 30 games of 37, 32, 41, 35. Um, so you're getting him at 5K, pretty low ownership on a three-game slate. I think he can get you there. Um, I talked a little bit about it before, but I like Fred Van Vliet at 8-4. I mean, we liked him at 8-4 yes, yesterday on a on a pretty large – sorry, 7-8. But on a pretty large slate, you got to like him today just a little bit more. I know Philly's not an easy matchup, um, but I like him. I like Terrence Mann. I like some Svee. Svee's been playing really, really well. Um, don't think he'll get ownership. And then I'm going to go to your boy. I, I'm sure you would have eventually brought him up. Your boy, who's also my boy. Uh, give me some Miles Turner tonight, too, at, at 7K. Yesterday um, had a decent game, not crazy. He hit, like, Low-end value, he didn't hit GPV winning value, but um, he's playing really, really well, has a super high ceiling. You're going to see him go unowned because of the precious uh, Bam Chalk. I like Miles Turner at 7K. I think he screams uh, perfect. He, he's also going to go unowned for two other reasons. He's going to go unowned because Gobert is $1,000 more, and people are going to just way rather play Rudy Gobert at 8K than Miles Turner at 7K. And he's going to go unowned because – Rudy Gobert is guarding him, and people are going to look at that matchup and say, oh, Miles Turner plays Utah. That's Rudy Gobert. That's Defensive Player of the Year. No way am I going to play him, you know? Um, but this isn't – Miles Turner isn't really a player that I think gets that affected by a guy like Rudy Gobert. Is it going to affect him a little bit? Sure. Um, and, and just in terms of I don't think he picks up as many blocks down low, and you're going to have to pay attention to Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll – uh, and on an offensive glass, but like, it's not like miles Turner. It's not like he's playing precious and he can just sag off and just block shots on the rim. It, it is going to affect him a little bit. So I think people are going to look at that and just want to get away from miles Turner. And at seven K, the upside is still massive, but in that same vein, I still like Rudy Gobert as a leverage play. If he doesn't get too much ownership, I'd be careful with him because he's a guy where on this small of a slate, you could see massive ownership at eight K go to him. Um, but if he stays under the radar, I do like Rudy Gobert as leverage. And then another guy I think will go super under-owned is, is Avisa Zubac at 5-1. He's too expensive. There's no way around it. But uh, he scored over 30 fantasy points in two out of his last three. No one wants to play Avisa Zubac. So um, at, at 5-1, I think it's a nice little leverage play that, that not a lot of people will be getting to because there are so many good centers on the slate. No, that's, that's a great call. My, I, I didn't have him because Fantasy Labs has him projected for 21 to 25%. There's no way he'll get that to 21 to 25%. No, he'll probably be 13 to 18% at most. That's where I would guess, too. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we dip? Nope. All right, cool. Appreciate you all for tuning in again. Hope this helps. We'll be back tomorrow, I believe, as long as Sarge is free with a much, much larger slate. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NBA underscore charge at Hoops Drive. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace, everyone.